This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. On this episode of Inside Supercars, we go inside Team 18 and speak to the team manager, Brewan Beasley, about their first win of the team's career. And also what they had to change to get that win. Fundamentally, you know, Mark's been struggling and, and, uh, and so has Scott asking for drive. Uh, all those things that it's been a, an underlining thing since we since we rolled out. So we've been trying to find a way of fixing that. We've tried a few things and um, this new direction obviously gave him what he needed to, to do what he needed to do. Bruin Beasley talks about winning on Inside Supercars and it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel, and we're joined by a man who's uh, uh, a long time involved in motorsport, in fact, his entire life. Bruin Beasley, welcome back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. As team manager for Team 18, Charlie Schwerkholz, and all that entails. There it was on uh, Saturday afternoon, a uh, qualified third finished first. The absolute, uh, you know, reason everyone goes to work in this category is to win races. And uh, there it was. It's been a while for Mark, but he certainly did the job on that Saturday afternoon. It was a great moment for Charlie, yourself, and, and all the crew. Yeah, look, Mark did an exceptional job in, you know, and restores a bit of faith in, you know, I'm sure there's people out there who's, who say that, you know, he's not capable, but he's more than capable, and we've always had that faith in him, and we just needed to get our ducks in a row and make sure we had everything right to, to give him equipment to show that, and I think last weekend we we did a pretty good job, you know, we, we, we were a lot closer than what we were in the last few rounds, that's for sure. If you can just give us some sort of an idea about what you needed to do, because Obviously, there were things there about the cars that weren't quite right within Team 18. There was something that happened then. Yeah, look, I think we just had a bit of a regroup, and we did a test day before before Simmons Plains, and we did find some stuff. Um, and we thought we'd got on top of it, but we didn't quite really get on top of it. You know, in, in Tassie, we we had some you know top ten finishes and a, and a top and a fifth. Um, and we had a bad qualifying run with Scott, which was our fault. You know, we made some mistakes on the car. So then, you know, we had a good regroup and a good think about it and we, we tried something different, went a new direction 
and it worked. Now, it doesn't mean it's it, it's the, the silver bullet and it's going to work everywhere, but last weekend it definitely gave us what we were looking for previously. What were the things that you sort of needed to do? What, what, what was the particular setup things that the car needed? Fundamentally, you know, Mark's been struggling and, and, uh, and so has Scott asking for drive, uh, all those things that it's been a, an underlining thing since we since we rolled out. So we've been trying to find a way of fixing that. We've tried a few things, and um, this new direction obviously gave him what he needed to, to do what he needed to do. As you well know, there's a, a lot of drivers have talked about, you know, the long time they were with the, the Gen 2 car, shall we say, um, you know, 10, 15 years and habits and all those sorts of things. Are you finding now that after five rounds with the new Gen 3 car, that you're able to now say, right, this is how we go about fixing this problem or correcting that sort of situation? Uh, to be fair, not really. You know, we, you know, guys have, and look, let's face it, we've got two really talented guys with a lot of high skill level. So, you know, they worked out pretty quickly what they needed to drive the car and um, we just haven't been able to give it to them. And now that we're in a better field, given what they needed, you know, they've shown their speed. One of the big things that's so evident in this category is the qualifying. On Sunday, you went to the qualifying for race 14. You were 23rd with Mark, 13th with uh, Scotty, um, but then came back for the next qualifying um, with 3rd for Mark and 10th for, for uh, Scotty. Um, so there are big swings from one session to the other. How do you account for that? Look, the reality is it's so tight. If you look at the, you know, the top, you know, twenty cars. To be fair, there's not much in it. So, you know, we we went out of sync a little bit. Uh, when earlier we we thought the track might be slowing up as it got hotter and actually got quicker. So, you know, and the guys didn't quite put all that together. They, you know, it was a little bit messy. And when you say messy, it's we're talking hundreds and thousands of a second. So. The combination of both, and you know, you miss the window, um, the track evolution, and don't quite get everything exactly right. You go from hero to zero. Now, did you have at any stage any big repairs to do on the cars? Because that's one of the big things with Gen Three to talk about the repairability. Yeah, look, Scott's car got ran into in both races, in uh, second and third race, to be fair, and smashed it up and. The, the inner liner got jammed up in the damper and, you know, basically, you know, affected, affected his quite badly. So, but it was just, you know, bolt-on parts. You didn't have any major structural stuff, but still it's time-consuming. Every time you, you've got to put panels and bits and pieces and crash bars in it, you know, it eats into time, that preparation for the next event. Are you finding the team has got a, a more spring in their step after that uh, Saturday afternoon? Yeah, look, it's rewarded. You know, there's a lot of hard work going on, and it's good. You know, some of these guys have never been in a situation to win a race, so all of a sudden, you know, they know what it's like now. And you know, I think there's a better belief that we can actually do it, and it's it's not not just a fluke. You know, we've just got to keep our head down and, and keep doing what we do. But there's definitely um, there's more smiles around the place. That's for sure. With the data that you get from a race win, Manuel has that opportunity now to see what clear air does and how can you then use that data to be able to a improve the car if you are in the pack and b to be able to give you that that clean air speed when you need it again next time 
the, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing at the moment with the clean air is brakes. You know, um, it definitely makes a difference if you've, you're out in front and you're clean. If you watched uh, in that in that race, Brock, you know, I think lifted off for a couple of laps to try and get the brakes back and then have another go. So the clean air definitely makes a difference. Um, and then obviously they're limited in the aero, so you don't get the aero wash you used to get, but definitely the brakes is, is the big thing. And, you know, we, we've learned more stuff again, as you said, and hopefully we can keep qualifying up the front and take take the opportunity to use what we've learned more about the front. What does it mean in a business sense for a team to get a win? Oh, look, you know, commercially, it, as I said to Charlie, you know, it's a lot easier for him on a Monday or a Tuesday to have a conversation with your commercial partners after a win than what it has been if you if you last or if the smouldering mess in the gravel. You know, it's um, it makes a massive difference. All of a sudden, there's 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 faith, um, and you you know, we spent every team's in the same situation. You you always telling your commercial partners that you can do it, and you're the right team to be with, and you know they're backing the right horse. But when you actually pull a win off it proves that it's right and it can be done and it's not just you're not there just trying to make up the numbers you are trying to we're trying to win races and trying to do the best you can so when it when it happens it just validates all that and definitely makes it easier i'm wondering how much charlie's actually spent since winning a championship with his license in the car 18 at dick johnson's to breaking off on his own and from that point there to uh buying that didgeridoo yeah, look, I think, you know, I would imagine there's, there's been a really good investment on his half. And um, as it was with all these team owners, you know, it's a big investment and it's a big commitment. And to finally get a win, you know, it just validates and I'm sure it makes it easier for when he sits down on, at his home on a Sunday afternoon a beer with his hand thinking, you know what, actually, dude, I'm getting something out of this. I enjoy this. This is great. And for the people that weren't up there in Darwin... What's been the plan to allow them to share in the victory as well? Oh, look, we know we went out. For, we had a bit of a, a few drinks on the Saturday night, and we went out Sunday night, had dinner, got on the plane, and headed back um, and back at work again this morning. So it's not a lot of time to celebrate. It was three. We had three pole positions, three wins. I think we might have had this week off, but we didn't do that. So we needed to knuckle down and make sure that when we go to Townsville, we get everything right. But you know, I think there'll be a there'll be a communal barbecue and some time to, to reflect sometime in the next few days. I know that uh, this will make Charlie uh, walk a fair bit taller. I've known him for 25, 30 years, and uh, uh, I imagine you'd almost need to put a leg rope on him because he'd be springing and jumping around so full of beans. Uh, look, it's been it's fantastic for him. You know, it, it's, it must be hard going for so long and having so many disappointments. And, um, you know, last, last year was quite hard. We had plenty of speed now and again, and... We had accidents and we had bits and pieces go wrong. So to finally, you know, justify it in his investment in, in, in not only the team but staff and Dennis and I pushing to go down our own path and do all that, you know, that's a big risk on his behalf and a change. And, you know, it's great for him to, to be able to reap the rewards for it. Are there any special things that the cars need now before it's not a complete strip down, is it, or will be? No, look, um, the truck will get back um, some point late tonight, maybe early in the morning. We'll do some unloading. The cars aren't too bad. You know, we're we're not changing too much as far as livery and, and bits and pieces go, so it's basically a service. 
um, a standard event between event servicing, maybe some gearboxes and bits and pieces and uprights and all the standard stuff, get out, clean, check, put it back together and go again. Now I imagine that you're very much able to say to the guys, okay, more pit stop practice because you can see how well it pays off. Yeah, look, you know, we worked really hard between Tassie and Darwin with our pit stop practice and still we've got some work to do. We're, we're, you know, we're not where we need to be. We understand that, we know that. Um, we've just got to keep practicing harder and harder. It's, um, as you guys know, and everyone knows, you know, a second in pit lane is hard on the track to get back. So, you know, we need to do some more work. We need harder, but we're definitely better than where we were a few months ago, that's for sure. You mentioned you didn't have to do a lot of uh, livery work for Townsville. I'd be thinking that livery might be staying on a bit longer. It's the lucky livery, isn't it? Yeah, we'll just see. I'll see. It depends what DeWalt want to do and how they want to continue with it. But um, at the moment, I think there's a chance we'll run it at Townsville and uh, we'll see what happens there. We win again and might stay on again. Brian Beasley, thank you so much for joining us as team manager of Team 18. Enjoy all the plaudits and, the, and all the moments that you've got coming up before Townsville. Then the harsh reality practice starts again. Wow, it's all, all on again. But thank you so much for joining us and telling us of uh, the work we've been doing and the rest of the team have. Enjoy, Townsville. We'll be watching closely to see how you all go. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, have you on the show so soon after taking a checkered flag. So thanks very much, Bruin Beast. We have Team 18. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Sort of paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.